you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. You are so wonderful, God. We praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. seated. I wonder if anybody's got a testimony before we turn this service over to Brother Erickson. Anybody got something on their heart? God's done for them. He's good. He's been good to me. Blessed me very much. Well, nobody? Nope, Brother Erickson. God bless you. We are thankful tonight <clears throat> whenever we have a chance to share God's Word. Because I have found that that Word, if you're just exposed to it, begins to seemingly unlock things in our life. Um, when you start to think about the Lord of glory was the one who created and made us, and um, 
is it possible tonight that his plan coincides with the way that he made us? In other words, our very thoughts can be established in the Lord and that he can talk to us and deal with us. He knows how to fix the things that are wrong in our life. I'm glad about that. And I'm thankful tonight that he knows how to help us to become more like him because that's his ultimate plan. Amen. And so uh, turning your attention this evening, I want to turn to the book of Joshua chapter 8. And I'll just read the very first verse to kind of get us started here. And uh, I want to talk to you about the incidents at Ai and um, look at some things concerning this tonight that are, I think are very important. Uh, great to have everyone here. Uh, so the Bible says in Joshua 8 and 1, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise and go up to Ai. See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. And uh, <clears throat> this, of course, is kind of like in the middle of the story that I'm reading to you tonight. And so we'll backtrack a little bit and, and uh, give you some fill-in information as we go. But I, I, I was reading through this this week, and it just kept coming to me that I want to be, uh, I want to handle the things of God carefully in my life. I don't say this is a threat or, or, or anything. I'm saying it's part of growth is, is being able to perceive and appreciate what God is doing in our life and be able to give him honor. And so um, I think that some things in this verse tonight will, will help to bring that out in our life because I think this is very real today as well as it was in Joshua's day. And so let's just pray. Lord, I pray that you bless the word of God. I do ask tonight, Lord, that you would unlock my understanding, my reasoning, my thinking. Lord, in each and every one here, we're honored and thankful to be in the house, uh, this place tonight, gathered together, your church. I pray that you bless each and every one. Thank you for the encouraging word. I pray that you would help us tonight to receive it, and Lord, that it would speak to each of us. And this, we give you thanks and praise. All those who are watching online tonight, Lord, I pray that you bless them also. We're thankful for people who have an interest in the Word of God. Blessed now we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. So there's some room I need to backtrack on here, but um, of course we know that Joshua was a young man who followed Moses. He became Moses' right-hand man. He was his assistant, you might say, his servant. And um, there are a lot of things that could be said about Joshua that I won't take time to speak of tonight, but he was someone that God noted how that he served under Moses and served the Lord. And God chose him to follow and succeed Moses in his, in his ministry of what he was as the leader over Israel. And uh, Moses could not enter into the promised land. He saw it from afar off. But the Bible said that, uh, that he did not enter into the promised land, but he passed. And uh, Joshua was the man God ordained to take into the promised land all the people of Israel. They had been now 40-plus years in the wilderness, seemingly circling, as it were, a nine-mile circle in the wilderness. It was not much 
And they just kept going round and round and round in that period of time. And God was working with their lives and dealing with them and speaking to them and ultimately trying to get Israel to respond and trust God, trust his word. And so the first uh, victory that Joshua would have would be, or, or the major victory that he would have um, after Og and Bashan and, and um, the other king uh, there on the eastern side of the river, they would come and on, just on the other side of the river Jordan, they would come to this place called Jericho. And um, we know it was Rahab the harlot that had uh, uh, met the spies when they came to spy out the land. And uh, she took them in her home. She uh, de- deceived the king and said, I have no spies here, and, and let them out through the window down the wall at a certain hour so that they could flee and, and run for their life. And, and the agreement was that those spies would spare Rahab's life and all that she would have inside of her house when Israel came in to attack. And uh, the process of time went. Uh, again, I'm not going through all the stories here. They marched around uh, the walls of Jericho uh, each day, once for, eight, for six days. And then on the seventh day, they marched around seven times. They, they brought up a great shout. And the Bible says, as the people, once they shouted, the walls fell into the earth, and Israel ran into the city and uh, won a great victory there that day uh, when, that, when God made that possible for them. Um, but Jericho was a very important city because it was going to be the, what we would call the first fruits of Israel's new walk with God under, Je- under Joshua's leadership. And so God told Jeremiah, uh, excuse me, Joshua, that that no one was going to uh, benefit from Jericho in any way. All the people, all the city, all the wealth, all the flocks, everything would be the Lord's. Um, and and um, a lot of theologians uh, in their commentaries relate Jericho as literally the first tithe or, or what Israel gave to God first. And then thereafter, God would take care of them and, and give them victory. And so um, Jericho was that place. And so, and we know, of course, that's the story where Achan was a, um, a man in, in the tribes of Israel who, uh, while he was attacking Jericho, saw some things that were uh, catching his eye. He lusted after he wanted them. It was a wedge of gold and some silver and, a, and some garments Egypt, uh, Babylonian garments that were no doubt very costly and nice. And um, he took those and hid them under his tent. And uh, we know that when uh, they were going to go forward, God said, I'm not going forward any farther because they're sitting in the camp. And they began to go through this process of finding out where the sin was, who had disobeyed the Lord concerning Jericho, the first fruits of what God would do there. And that was there that, of course, they came down to Achan. And uh, we, we know the story. It's, it's a very sad story. But uh, that day, he uh, finally fessed up to what he had done. Uh, of course, um, Israel, uh, according to God, brought judgment on him, he and his household. And uh, they were uh, destroyed. They heaped a huge ru- uh, pile of rocks as a, as a memorial or a monument, remembering that day. 
there's a lot more to that story uh, that I don't have time to go into tonight. God blessed um, Israel and later on blessed the very place of that and uh, called it uh, a, a place for the sheep to rest. And um, uh, several key words in the Hebrew language that, that led us to believe and understand that God would even bless where man uh, did wrong in the sight of God. But so tonight we're back now finally to Ai. Ai was going to be the first city where Israel would be blessed by God. And what I read to you tonight is what God said to Joshua that I am going to give you this land. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to keep you. You're going to go in. But you have to read and go backwards into chapter 7 to find out kind of the uh, rest of the story first, you might say, and, uh, and realize that here again, uh, Joshua sent uh, spies to check out Ai and see you know, what they were going to need to do to, to have victory because that was the next city they were going to have to attack. And so when the spies came back, they said, oh, it's nothing. It's just a little city. It's just a little burg. You don't have to. You just could send up a few guys. It's not going to take much to take the city. And, and, um, and they did that. And, and what happened was is that, is that Israel was chased out of town. And, and even some were taken and killed of Israelite soldiers. And they said, whoa, God, you said you were going to give it to us. What's wrong? And, and so they, they went up again and again. They, they uh, had kind of chased their own tail and they, they ran away. And so finally, now we have chapter 8 where God is telling Joshua, I, I've, we've taken care of the sin question of Achan in the camp. And now we're going to, um, now I'm going to follow through on my word. I'm going to bless you and take all the people of war. This was God's antidote. This is how God fixed the wrong thinking that was in Israel. You don't measure your enemy by their size. You have to measure the battle by God's size. If, if you look at the problems it's going to be hard for you ever. You're going to make a mountain out of a molehill, as they say. You're going to make things look far worse than they need to. God wants to give you the victory tonight. God wants to bless in your life. But sometimes we're measuring the enemy instead of measuring how great our God is. And so they, they went and uh, finally they, they began to realize what they had done wrong. And so God told them the answer to your need is take all of the army of Israel. Now, if you take the armies, lest the two and a half tribes that stayed, remember the two and a half tribes that said, we like the well-watered fields on the other side of the river, and they stayed there. So if you just total the armies of the other tribes that were left of the 12 tribes, it was about 531,000, give or take a few hundred thousand, uh, what theologians say was, was the company of military might of Israel. 531,000 up against a city of a few thousand. Now they didn't all go in, but, but God's antidote was you've got to give your all. You can't hold back. You can't reserve when you're working in the kingdom of God. 
You've got to go in. You've got to go in with all of your might, all of your relationship with God, all of your confidence in your God, all his power, all that he's done in the past, all he's going to do today and all he's going to do tomorrow. We trust the Lord and we don't hold back and say, well, God, I, you know, you've got this. You could have sent in 5,000 and taken care of this. Well, that may be true, but that's not the way God wanted it. He wanted Israel to wholly trust him. This says a lot to me about where we draw lines in our own lives tonight. That, that we, we can't minimize who we are. God wants us to take our all, our whole man, our, give our best to God. And when we do that, God is able to fill in the gaps and take care of the needs and heal or help or bring victory in our life however he needs to. But when I minimize my commitment to God. Remember the king in, in Israel that, that the prophet took him by hand with a bow and the arrows and he said, smite the ground and, and he only smote it three times. And the prophet was so upset with him, he said, if you had given your zeal, if you had given your all and smote those arrows against the ground numbers of times, God would have completely given you victory over that enemy you have. There is a matter, an issue tonight of how much you're willing to release and let God have his way in your life. There really is a place tonight where we have to measure, where, where we can say, God, I, when I commit to the Lord, when I repented, I, I needed to repent, somehow God honored what I said, even though I don't know the future, Brother John. But somehow he took me for my word that when I said, God, I really am sorry that I did this to you. I really don't want to live this life any longer. I really do want victory in my life. And God honored that. Repentance is so important. And you need to see what God does tonight when we give him our obedience. What can God do with your obedience? Well, I'll give God my obedience on Sundays and Wednesdays. That should be enough. That's when we have church. Well, that's not what God agreed to. <clears throat> he wants us to give him our all. I, I can't afford tonight to say I'm only going to serve him two or three days a week. I've got I've to build my walk with God where I say I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to study his word as often every day as I can. I'm going to be uh, all that God wants me to be because I want to be available for him to use me. Ever heard of a part-time God? Ever heard of a God today that, that says, I will on the off days of the week and on the even days, it's up to you? Anybody like a hot water tank that only works 10% of the time? I don't want to step in the shower and find out if this is the 10% or not. You know? We're talking about tonight, God wants us to get our, put our all into this thing. And I'm not saying that because we aren't. I'm saying that because we're people. I'm saying that because things come along in our life. We get busy over here. We get overwhelmed over here. We got financial issues over here. Our life is, is a juggling act, isn't it? And we don't know what tomorrow holds. 
but I'm learning to trust him. Rather be a Jericho with walls. They said that you could run numbers of chariots side by side along the top of the wall of Jericho. It was so massive. Can you imagine? That's quite a wall. And 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 Israel, some people must have said, oh, it ain't gonna happen. Impossible. Can't be. Not a chance. God brought the victory. Amen. Are you happy finding someplace in the middle? Or can I get you to think about in your life to say, let your yay be yay, and let your nay be nay. In other words, make up your mind. This really goes all the way back to the garden issue in the book of Genesis. It really, God blessed man, and gave him the ability to choose. That's what you and I have to deal with every day of our lives, is we have the ability to say yes or no, in or out, great or small. And we have the the ability to, to choose our own path based on our choice. And so, so all, I mean, if you think about it, all of the Ten Commandments that God gave Israel in the Old Testament, look at them. They all are in order to protect so that, Renee, you can have a good choice in serving God. That's really what sin does. sin, Sin stymies or stops or makes me hesitate because I don't feel, I feel guilt maybe in my life or shame or I'm overwhelmed with a habit I can't overcome. There's all sorts of things that affect us in our life. But God's plan is that you might live life and that more abundantly. Well, how does he do that? He makes you free and able to make choices every day of your life where you say, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord today. Amen. Will a person ever stand before God and say, I tried? I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll happen. I don't know. I Uh, But I can't, in this light, I can't see that because I understand today that that the Lord is allowing you and I to make choices. I I went to that church, but there were too many distractions. Well, somehow we have to make a choice to, to, to dig down and make some steps even when they aren't convenient in our life and do those things. The problem with Achan, if I can resort to him for just a moment, is that he did not realize what the cost was of disobeying the Lord. Achan not only lost his own life, his family, he lost his good name. He lost, and and Achan was from Judah. And Not only that, but Achan's uh, disobedience affected all of Israel. I I don't think today that you and I will ever understand or comprehend in our own life how that choices can hurt not only myself, but others around me. I don't don't say that to put a big burden on you or, or to say, oh, it's all because of you. No, no, no. We all are. We all are in that category. We all make choices. Some right and 
Some definitely wrong. But the cost was so much greater than, than was originally understood. And it wasn't until later that through the word of God that we find these things were, were known and, and understood. Even Israel paid a price that day. And it affected even how they came to Ai. They just were getting through with God making those claims that there was wrong in the camp, going through that whole ordeal of finding out which family and which tribe, which family and which household. All that. I don't, I don't suppose that probably Israel was feeling very confident at that point. Dear Lord, what's around the corner? What's God going to do next? All of these problems were directly involved with their thinking and their resolve of how they handled God in their life. And all of my message tonight is simply this, is that we are, in our daily lives, I'm not telling you that God wants to tell you what color socks to wear today. And I understand that he's given us a mind, a heart, a, 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 he's given us responsibility, he's given us uh, character develop our lives and to be who we are, to have a good name, to be accountable. But, but also, um, I think he delights when you ask him, should I get this car or shouldn't I? I think he's pleased, Casey, when we, when we ask him, uh, is this the right job? Am I, am I in the right situation? My humble opinion is, is that if it keeps you from church, I'm not always sure it was the right job. <laughs> Thank God people are able to come to the house of the Lord. And jobs improve. Hours change. Things get better. Jericho was the Lord's, but AI would be for the people. But he had to still have them approach AI correctly. You can't hold back. That would be like me sitting over here and saying, well, if God wants to bless me, he will. Well, if there's no investment, no obedience, if there's no action on my part, can I really expect the Lord to do those things? All these things. God gave them the king. We need to take down every stronghold, every place of leadership that, that is directly opposing our walk and our relationship with God. The people, the city, the land, God gave those all to, to the people. But what's unique to me is the fact that they were not planning on staying there. They weren't making that their inheritance. They were fixing, they were on their way to an inheritance. So why did God give those, those things to them? Never talks about possessions. Never talks about silver and gold here. Doesn't talk about flocks or herds. Because these were the things that God required at Jericho. And these are the things God wanted Israel to have the choice to do unto the Lord at Ai. There's an interesting scripture. Does God kill everybody that's not of the covenant? Absolutely not. Thank God Abraham 
was no covenant person, right? And God spoke to him among his father's house that was full of idols, the Bible said. Thank God for Rahab the harlot. No Jewish ancestry. But her faith, and, and that she did something with her faith, allowed them to escape without, without hurting themselves, and then obeyed them and had their household ready to, to receive when, when Jericho would be taken. What about Esther, a Moabitess? That's not, that's not a Jew. Oh, the list goes on and on and on. What about all those who came out of Egypt? with the Israelites. The Bible said it wasn't just Israelites, but there were people from Egypt that came out with them. They believed the message. They had faith. And the list goes on and on. Here's what the Bible says about how God deals with people. And I wanted to share this with you tonight. And this is Romans 2, 14 and 15. For when the Gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law. These, having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the mean while accusing or else excusing one another. Paul's saying here that there are people that, that were judged fairly by God that were not under God's law, the covenant with Israel. And so uh, that's why I can say to people that may never have passed through our church, God is a fair and just God. And he knows them. And I'm not here to, to judge anyone. I understand tonight that, that, that there could be a desire in a Gentile's life that doesn't even know what the law says. But it's in their heart, Brother Stevens, to do right. They're upright. They're honorable. They did something that was pleasing. And God said, I'm taking note of that. And the Bible said they become a law unto themselves. In other words, they are even as one who was obedient to the law of Israel. That's a fair God. But when you have people that come up, AI for instance, and they war against God's people, and it's in their heart to do them wrong, then we see another side of God's judgment. The city had to be burned. The king had to be taken out. There had to be spiritual victory, and Israel would win a great victory that day. I think, looking back over this story, that there was much that was done for their confidence and them realizing that they were a part of God's plan when they, when they won the victory at Ai. They understood they didn't do it themselves. It wasn't by their power or their might. It wasn't their military prowess that, that made them win the victory. Not even the huge numbers of people that were in Israel's army. Or if you read all the, the book of chapter 8, you find out that, that, that um, God, uh, Joshua just simply did what God said. He said, set an ambushment behind the city. And Joshua sent 10,000 men there. And he said, wait. And then, he, and then he took, all the rest were hidden, except for 5,000. That was like the last time they went up against them and they got their, themselves beaten. 
And so they go out there again as weak and feeble and, and unable to protect themselves. And, and AI comes out of their city and starts chasing them like the last time. And those 5,000 lead them away from the city until finally there are others there that will help them fight. And they look back and all they can see is the, the smell of smoke and the flames burning. And they know that their city has been captured. God gave Israel victory that day, but I think it was a victory of confidence. And that's what you need in your life tonight, is you need a victory of confidence. Not that God gives you a million dollars. Not that God, you know, buys you that new car, though I hope he does. <laughs> it doesn't hurt to hope, does it? <laughs> and, and, but all oh, to walk away that day and say, we did it God's way. We obeyed him, and he gave us the victory. And we are ready to go into the promised land, and God is going to give us the victory. You know, one of the greatest principles in the Word of God, it's in the Bible the most times of anything, anything else in the Word of God, is the Lord speaking to his people and saying, fear not. That's what he spoke to Joshua that day. He said, fear not. I am going to go with thee. Praise the Lord. That's the, that's the promise and that's the command. Fear not, and I'm going to go with thee. And that's what, that, those two things are in the Bible the most of all of God's promises. Because God when you know that you have the Lord on your side today, what a confidence that gives you. But what I'm telling you tonight, and I'm closing right now, is that you and I, we need to practice trusting God. And we need to let him see battles won in our lives and look back and say, truly, it was the Lord that helped me. It was the Lord that brought me hither to form. And, and when we have that confidence, it enables us to go forward and face any enemy that we face because we don't know what enemy we'll face tomorrow. We just know what we had to face today. And so tonight, I think the, the message is all or nothing. It's God wants us to give and go all the way in trusting him. He wants us to put our confidence in him tonight. Not because we're anything... We, uh, we have no power. We have no might. Jehoshaphat said to the Lord, he said, Lord, as he opened that letter of the king coming in to, to attack Jerusalem, he said, we have no power. We have no might. And it's okay today to learn to trust the Lord because it's the end of the battle where we see God's hand in our life and the victory won that gives us unbelievable strength, and encouragement to continue on in this walk that we are in. And tonight, I hope that you will just even think about this. Uh, you're never going to get the best preaching here at Chelsea, I'm afraid, but I, I want to give you good word. I want to give you understandable bites, I hope, is what I'm trying to do, because I want you to be able to grab hold of this and say, Lord, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to get with it. And, and you have to 
in your prayer life, you have to ask God every day, Lord, what, how can I trust you today even more than yesterday? And that's the goal of every Christian, is we're finding out how to trust him more. Would you stand with me? So how important is our part in God's plan in this earth today? It's very important. You're a key part in what God is doing. I'll grant you that if I'm rejecting God, God no doubt will go somewhere else to have someone fill in the blank. But that's not what I want. I want to be that vessel. I want the Lord tonight. Amen. I want that confidence. I want that passion. I want that made-up mind on my part that when the Lord speaks to me, I'll, I can be able to say like Isaiah, here am I, send me. I'm available. Would you reach out to the Lord right now in closing? Would you give him thanks, Lord Jesus? We are so thankful to be your people tonight. Lord, we're so thankful for each and every one. Lord, we have so much to learn in your word. But I pray that, Lord Jesus, you'd help us to, to give our all to you, Lord, to not hold back, not, not the reserve from the Lord, but to willingly say, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say, yes, Lord, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for all those who couldn't be here tonight. Lord, that you would help them and strengthen them. You would bless Brandon tonight and Susie and, and Scott and Nancy and Brother Green and all the list goes on. Sandra tonight. Each and every one, the Providence family. Lord, we want great things to happen in people's lives. I pray that tonight, Lord, you'd bless each and every one. Let the word of God seep into our thinking and our hearts. And Lord, I pray that your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening tonight. God bless you all. Have a good night. And uh, looking forward to Sunday. And uh, looking forward to our Bible study in the fellowship hall. Our snack chat is what we call it. And then uh, I want to come over here and I want to see us worship the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Oh, hey, one other thing. You know, I took up that offering for the youth program, and um, we've, we've gotten money in. And I just want to say one more time, if anybody wants to give to move the mission, um, try to get that in this week if possible, and I need to get that check off to the youth division. Thank you. God bless you.